Headline Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time. So we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Welcome to Switch the Envelope. <coughs> <coughs> Welcome to Switch the Envelope, the podcast that aims at rewriting Hollywood history. My name is Corey. And my name is Jeff. Corey, why don't you tell everybody why we open the show like that? Ooh, because it's spooky time here in Switch the Envelope. But I thought last week was spooky time in Switch the Envelope. Well, this episode is going to be coming out just before Halloween, so it's still spooky time here at Switch the Envelope. It is still spooky time. But Corey, we were just on a podcast. We were just guests on Movie Lovers Unite. That's true, yeah. John had us on for the second time. Second time. Yeah. And if you have not seen this podcast, it's a YouTube show and it's also a podcast. You should go on and check out Movie Lovers Unite. And we were just on there as guests talking about Gremlins. Mm-hmm. And it made Corey and I think about what other movies there are out there that skate the line between not being horror films and not being family-friendly films, just fun Halloween films. So what movies are there out there that you can watch? You know, maybe you don't watch them with the kids. You know, we're not talking Hocus Pocus. We're not talking about that Charlie Brown film. I can't, I mean, is it? Is it The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown? The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown? I think that's what it's called. So we're not talking about that film. Yeah. What movies are out there that you can watch with your girlfriend, your wife, at Halloween time? Yeah, these are, for the most part, good transition films. So if you're somebody who is looking to get into scary movies or the horror genre, and you're a little, you know, afraid to fully jump into the Halloween franchise, or you're too, you know, you're not quite sure if you're ready for all the blood and guts that is Friday the 13th. Uh, these would be good bridge movies. Or, Corey, maybe you you know something about this. Maybe you have a significant other mm-hmm. that really does not like scary movies. Yes. But you yourself would like to w- indulge in the Halloween... Indulge in the dark arts a little bit. The Halloweenness <laughs> of this season. Yes. So, yeah, that's you bring up a good point. My wife, not a huge fan of horror films. And so... And I also have younger children. So, if I want to watch a horror film i have to schedule that time by myself and watch all of those really scary movies alone (laughs) which admittedly i mean it's fine i love watching movies either way but is less fun i think it'd be more fun to have a an experience with the people that you love and share in these movies because then you could talk about them afterwards right that is that is the experience that, that you're looking for and so some of these films that we'll talk about tonight will help bridge those gaps. They're movies that you could throw on that kind of tap into, you know, the dark side of the world a little bit. Maybe they're uh, about dead things. Maybe they're kind of about zombies, but they're really a love story. Or or they're a lot of comedy. Or horror comedies are a really good way to bridge the gap. Gremlins is a huge example of that. It is a comedy within the world of creepy little beasts that uh, get unleashed onto a small town, right? Because everyone knows that Gizmo is cute. He is adorable. Yeah, these are mostly going to be not for little kids. 
right? Those are your Caspers, you know, your, like you said, your Hocus Pocuses, right? The Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, watch that with your little ones. These ones would probably be... Coraline. Yeah. Coraline's pretty terrifying. I, I don't know. <laughs> Let's get into the first couple. So, Corey, why don't you give us your first one? Number one. Oh, spooky season, Jeff. Nothing scarier than the suburbs. <laughs> oh, this is my favorite one. <laughs> you know, you move to the suburbs to get away from the hustle and bustle, but oh, strangers move in a couple houses down and mysterious things start happening. And the more you look into them, the more mysterious things seem. Is this a movie where you look over your fence and you yeah. see them digging mysteriously in the oh, middle yeah. of the night? And you find a femur? And you find a femur? Yeah, that's a femur. <laughs> We're talking about The Burbs from 1989. Oddly enough, this movie has always been a summer movie to me. Yeah. I don't know why. These are not necessarily Halloween movies, but there's a scary element. There's a creepy element. There's a thriller element to a lot of these that you can put on. Yes. It's a comedy. It's got Tom Hanks in it. It's got a Corey Feldman in it. It's also directed by Gremlins director Joe Dante. So he's kind of got a, a vibe, <laughs> if you will, you know, ab- about his uh, his horror films. If it's directed by Joe Dante, chances are you could probably watch it with, uh, you know, your teen. It is one of my favorite, like, movies of this little genre that we're developing here. Mm-hmm. And one of the best parts of this movie is the ending. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to tell anybody. Oh, we're going to let people don't, figure don't it out. Don't spoil it. We're not going to spoil this. Movie. We're just going to we're going to turn you on to the film, and you you have the fun with it. And Tom Hanks' wife in this movie is the wonderful, lovable, gold <laughs> bikini wearing woman herself, Carrie Fisher. That's right. Princess Leia is in this movie. Yes, and one of the only movies I know her in that is not Star Wars. Uh, but every time I see Carrie Fisher outside of Star Wars, I get I like ooh Carrie Fisher's in this movie. <laughs> Number two. This is a small movie that a lot of people haven't seen. I think the only reason why I saw this movie was because it starred Michael J. Fox. So I think that a lot of people would be excited to see this movie, The Frighteners. As I said, it stars Michael J. Fox in a very small role for him. Not a lot of people knew it was it existed. I think he'd already been diagnosed with Parkinson's by the time this movie came out. Yeah, he may, he may have. This may be... This is a 90s movie, so I don't think it was... Yeah, this is not 1996. He may be, is he doing Spin City at this time? Because that, that's sort of like where it's starting to affect his ability to Even in this movie, you can see he's got kind of a different... A different pacing? Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that there was like a Parkinson's issue. So Michael J. Fox's personal issues aside, I don't think many people saw this film who weren't fans of Zemeckis or Michael J. Fox. Which... We are. Of both of them. Well, you keep bringing up Robert Zemeckis with this film. He was an executive producer. Why do we talk about know, Steven Spielberg know, being the executive producer I of know, Gremlins, and we don't talk about Robert Zemeckis being the producer so, of this film? The more I, d- I dove into this, because we have talked about The Frighteners, uh, we mentioned The Frighteners By the way, we're recently. talking about The Frighteners. In 1996, yeah, The Frighteners came out. Originally, Robert Zemeckis, when they were developing, because he hired Peter Jackson to write it with his writing partner. And which is what producers do. Yes. And originally he had intended to direct it. So yes, you're absolutely right, Jeff. I concede my disdain for the Robert Zemeckis mentions with the Frighteners, <laughs> but the the film is directed by Peter Jackson. I mean, I did see a background of this film sure. where Robert Zemeckis was heavily doing featured. the background and doing the <laughs> yeah. features of it, but it's okay if you 
want to fight it's now. Fine. It's okay. I'm, it's no, no, it's okay. I, I, I acquiesce. Anyway, we're talking about The Frighteners. Frighteners is a great movie. Um, it's got Gary Busey's brother starring starring as the... Um, Jake Busey. <laughs> Jake Busey yeah. starring as the villain of the film. And it's just a fun movie. A pseudo-horror film. It's a supernatural film. Supernatural yeah. film. There is some scary stuff in there, so it's not good for kids. You know what? Yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, there, there's some jump scares, but altogether, it's more sort of suspenseful. Well, there's some stuff with the with the numbers on the forehead when he looks yeah, up yeah. and he sees the numbers on the forehead. It's it can be a little scary if you're not if you don't like scary films. There are moments that play for comedy as well. In, yeah, in there's this some movie. great stuff um, in the very very end. There's a there's a scene that's kind of a funny jump scare, but it, it's ultimately for comedy. Sure. And then you've got Arlie Ermy mm-hmm. in this movie as the as the ghost who protects the the cemetery. It's pretty great. Yeah. So essentially, Michael J. Fox uh, has a supernatural gift where he sees ghosts. Ideally, like Sixth Sense. Yeah. And he's turned it into a sort of snake oil salesman type of thing where he can, um, d- does he like solve? He's a total con man. He's he a total like con exercises, man to- he uses his ghost friends that he's made along the way to like cause a ruckus and then he goes in and cleanses the house. Then all these crazy things happening to him where he sees an actual demon killing people and then that's the movie. And yeah, so then it becomes more or less like a... Uh, murder mystery kind of a thing. Yeah, it's actually a where where he tries to solve an actual murder mystery. Yeah. It's a pretty good film. I really like this film. I do too. I, I know that a lot of people are kind of split on this. Um, uh, a lot of like Peter Jackson film fans, they, they kind of sleep on Peter Jackson's horror stuff. But you know what? Peter Jackson, the reason but why... But this movie is not about Peter Jackson. It's no, about no, no, no. But I'm saying Robert like, Zemeckis and Michael J. Fox. The reason why a lot of the stuff works the more intense stuff works in Lord of the Rings is because Peter Jackson has a rich history of being able to tell horror films. I mean, Brain Dead is a cheesy sort of zombie film, but it's it's really good. Yeah, but this movie works not because of Peter Jackson. This movie works because it's Michael J. Fox. I Michael mean, J. Fox. Let's and I'm telling let's you, it, Michael J. Fox. Robert Zemeckis is all over this film. Sure. It goes with all of his other films. It's it's. Unlike there's, Gremlins there's with Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. It this, does not feel like Steven yeah, Spielberg had a, a hand on it. This goes right in the profile of all the other Robert Zemeckis films. True. Roman numeral I, I, I. Next on our list, Corey. All right, moving on. A zombie film, Jeff. I like zombie films. Zombie films are touch and go with me. Some of them are good. Uh, I like more of the classic zombie films. And then I can jump ahead to like Resident Evil as a zombie film. There's a lot of uh, some stuff in the middle where it just gets boring. It just kind of stale. Zombies kind of get stale after a while. Well, yeah, because they are pretty one-dimensional. There are a few zombie flicks on here that sort of break those molds, right? Yeah. This one is a perfect teen zombie film because it is a romantic comedy wrapped in a zombie film. And it's filmed from 2013 called Warm Bodies. I adore this film. It is the cutest zombie film you will ever see. <laughs> yeah, and if you're not if you're not into like zo- quote unquote zombie films, this one is along the vein of like I Zombie, where you can watch it and it's not like it's not like Walking Dead or something. It's it's yeah. a good movie. Yeah, see, uh, Walking Dead sort of bores me after a while. Well, yeah, cuz all they're doing is walking. Yeah, it's, it's like Peter Jackson's <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I mean, in that they're walking, but not at all, Jeff. Yeah, they're right. in Lord of the Rings. They just walk for like twelve hours. Yeah, but or they nine encounter lots of danger along their walk. No, they don't. They just kind of walk. And battles. There's battles. 
There's not so much battles in The Walking Dead as much as Wait, there are. Like, did you just say there's not any battles in Walking I Dead? Mean, well, there's you like, really, when they get to the you really to the need town, to walk, you really I need guess. to watch Walking Dead because there's a lot of battles. I mean, I ducked out early. Is there battles? Lots know. of ba- lots of battles. I know once they meet the, the the governor or whatever, there's like a whole thing. But there's a couple different people they meet. Negan, yeah, you know, there's a lot yeah. of battles. Not like Lord of the Rings battles, is what I'm saying. Oh my god, are you kidding me? Ugh, if they're not Elven. Is there a Helm's Deep in fucking? <laughs> There's Terminus. And they go to does, Terminus does and people somebody, are eating them. Does somebody do a full tail slide down the back of a zombie? No. But you know what? The positive thing is that there's no Orlando Bloom inside uh, of... That is a plus. Yeah, that's a plus, right? Yeah. But Warm Bodies, Jeff... Back to Warm Bodies. Is... Yeah, it's it's a zombie film that is very much a romantic comedy in that a zombie and a non-zombie girl, a zombie boy and a non-zombie girl meet... And form a sort of relationship. And through their relationship, love starts bringing him out of his zombie form. Exactly. He it starts- stars Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. <laughs> no. No? No, oh, okay. No, Sorry. I, I think it, it stars... Al? Yeah, Nicholas Holt, who you may know as... Uh, Thanks, Al. Beast in the X-Men movies. And uh, Teresa Palmer. John Malkovich is in this movie. Uh, Rob Corddry's in this movie. I loved being so John great. Malkovich, but I could never actually uh, make it to being him. <laughs> he could ne- never get the uh, the elevator to stop on the half floor. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, this this movie is uh, is is really cute, really fun, and uh, very well well made, and really a fresh take on the zombie genre. In that, it kind of becomes like a Romeo and Juliet, you know. Like they, I agree. they go, they go way back to like sort of a, you know, living people, zombie people, you know, like one type of person can't date the other type of person. They fall in love and they have to keep it secret from their separate masses. You know, I agree. It's it's a good movie. <clears throat> yeah, it's good. All right, where, where are we going next? Bungo sheep. Well, I'm actually going to go to the movie The Craft. Ooh, love this movie. It's got a special place in my heart because this movie came out in the in the nineties, nineteen ninety six, baby. When I was a just a just a young high school kid at the time, I was in love with Nev Campbell, mm. and the craft came out. Uh, did it come out after Scream or before Scream? I think it came. Before I think it Scream. came out before Scream. And Nev Campbell was. Um, I think I went to see it specifically because Nev Campbell, or at least around the same time as Scream. Yeah, and then um, it also has Feruza Balk. Oh, see, it now also- I fell in love with Feruza Balk. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I like him weird, Jeff. Okay. And then it has, um, <laughs> and then to round it all off, they have Robin Tooney. Now and the other girl in it, Rachel True. Rachel True. Um, I was not familiar with her work before this. I don't think she did really much after it. Uh, she did Half Baked after this. Sharknado. Um, a couple years after that. I mean, she's she's still working. It's not like she stopped stopped working, but you know, Robin Tooney from one of my favorite '90s movies, Empire Records. That was great. Also, I believe like uh, NCIS or something. No, she was in The Mentalist. Mentalist. Yeah. That's what she was in. Yeah. Yeah, The Mentalist. I thought this movie was fantastic when it came out. I enjoy the hell out of the craft. I, I still watch it. I haven't seen the, the remake that they did. I don't want to see the remake they did because yeah, I don't right? want it to ruin the first one. Uh, yeah, there's, it's weird because most films like that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care. Like they, they remake it or they you know do a, a sequel years, years later. There's something about the craft, though, that, yeah, I don't really want to... Ruin the magic. It's basically a teenage coven of witches that think they're witches. And they befriend a new 
a new girl to the school, Robin Tierney, and she's actually a witch. What also kind of made this movie special was that all the people that were in it had not become stars yet, Mm. but after this movie, they all kind of make it huge. Like Skeet Ulrich before he becomes famous. Fucking Christine Taylor is in this. Christine Taylor before she probably I think it's before she marries her husband. Uh, Yeah, it's probably before uh, Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller comes in the picture. She she was like fresh off of Hey Dude from Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah. And then like we said, Nev Campbell before she does Scream with Skeet Ulrich. Yeah, Breckin Meyer. Brecken Meyer is in this movie before he does Road Trip. Mm -hmm. Like all these people that are in this movie before they really hit. I mean, this is a really, it's a really fun movie to see because all these people are in it as young actors, and the movie's script is fantastic. It it's really well done. Yeah, I yeah I watch this uh, every couple years. Uh, as well, I, I just sort of like I find it, it's on, or like I scroll past it on a streaming service. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna watch the craft right now. Uh, it's definitely a film that you know you can watch that has an intense sort of ending sequence. And well, it's intense some, the whole movie. There's some disturbing things that happen when their witchcraft starts to backfire on them. Uh, but it's a teen drama at its core. Yeah, but I know? mean, it's got a lot of like girl power-ish yeah, yeah. stuff to it. I mean, that's what the whole thing's about, is taking your own power. That's mm-hmm. what it's, it's a good movie. Number five. Uh, staying in the 90s, Jeff, and sort of a teen uh, angsty movie. I mean, he's sort of like 20s in this movie, I guess. Uh, is 1999's Idle Hands, where it takes the uh, idle hands, do the devil's work proverb. I think it's a proverb. I don't know. I'm not very <laughs> educated in religious text. Uh, but that sort of saying that idle hands do the devil's work and turns it into a movie with Devin Sawa, who was like king shit 90s. He's in the first Final Destination movie. He also plays the live action version of Casper in the movie Casper. And he is... A typical 90s slacker, and the devil consumes his hands and makes him kill people. Which is awful. I believe Seth Green is also in this movie. He is. He gets a nasty buzzsaw to the head. You do realize that he was in the movie Slackers, right? Who? Devin Sawa. He wasn't in Slacker? Yes, he was. Oh, was he in Slackers? Slackers. Oh, that's different than Slacker. You called him a slacker, and then well, I'm just saying I was referring... he was in Slackers. I'm just saying you made a pun. You made an actor uh, pun. It's fine. I'm sorry. That, no, it's fine. I'm saying, good job. Oh, yeah. Actor I mean, I meant to do that. <laughs> uh, all of his friends that he accidentally murders come back as friendly ghosts because he was in Casper. Uh, it's it's not it's not good when I force it. I'm sorry. No, nah, no, nah, you, nah, you got to keep moving on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then he's haunted by all of the, all of his friends that he kills and trying to figure out how to get rid of these <laughs> devil hands. It's pretty wacky. It's offbeat. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. It's a fun watch. Yeah, it's okay. Very nineties. It's okay. Yeah, I, I, it's not. As, I mean, I know a lot of people from our generation love this movie. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's it's peak Devin Sawa, right? It's also peak nineties. It is nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. All right, where are we going next? Number five and seven eight. I'm I'm going to jump the list here, nope. and I'm before we get too far into this, I'm going to say we're a good thing to do around Halloween time. And a great place to go, especially if you have uh, streaming services with Peacock. Uh, that's the Peacock streaming service with NBC. Peacock! Is to go and watch the old-timey Monster Mash movies. Oh. That's the movies from basically around like, 30s and 40s movies. So that would yeah. be like the Boris Karloff. Uh, Bella Lugosi. Bella Lugosi. Lon Chaney. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Boris Karloff, I think he was in The Mummy and he was in Frankenstein. Now, this is all before it becomes super cheesy and uh, oh, yeah. Abbott and Costello-y. And... <laughs> before Attack of the 50-Foot Woman and yeah. uh, so Day of the Trivets happens these, in the 50s and 60s. These movies, they, they actually really tried to make them legitimate art. Mm-hmm. So it's really fun if you go back and take them as they are. Don't think you're going to go back and see like a movie of today. You have to take them as they are. Like you have well, to take them as a 1930s movie. Yeah, they're they're movies of the era, so they have that pacing. They have that sort of acting style. But some of them, I mean, the mummy in the in the beginning of the mummy, it looks like you're watching a play. Yeah, it, it, the, there's shadows. Yeah, but you know, it's, it's fun at Halloween time to go back and watch these movies. And it's Frankenstein. Speaking of speaking of Frankenstein, from the Universal movie monsters to the spoof. And probably the best spoof ever created in that it's also I a mean, great I mean, scary film. movies out there, too. No, but this one tops it. Then the first scary movie? Then the first scary movie. This right. movie, and we're talking about Gene Wilder in Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, they were wrong then, weren't they? It is so quotable. It is legitimately a good representation of those Universal monster movies. Like, it's made in their image so well. Black and white movie. It's black and white. It's made in uh, 1974. It stars Gene Wilder, Madeline Kahn, one of the funniest ladies ever. Uh, Marty Feldman, he's the guy with the buggy eyes. You've got Peter Boyle, the dad from Everybody Loves Raymond, doing the Frankenstein's monster, and Cloris Leachman. And it's it's just, I mean, Terry Gar's in this movie. It's so good. So good. Mel Brooks directed it. If you have never seen Young Frankenstein, Put that on your priority list this Halloween season. Absolutely recommend. Okay, next up, we're going to have a little bit of a quiz. Oh, a quiz! Yeah, we're going to have a (laughs) Halloween movie quiz based on the movies that we've got right here. Corey, in 1992, the movie Death Becomes Her came out. Mm. Great film. Skated the line between Halloween movie and drama. Yep. Comedy. Comedy. It's Yeah, it's it's got funny parts. Stars Bruce Willis, Mm -hmm. Meryl Streep. Mm Well. And Goldie Hawn. That is true. There are two epic death scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. How does Meryl Streep kill Goldie Hawn? The image in my mind that's that's coming is Goldie Hawn with a giant hole in her midsection. But at that point, she was already dead. Did she, does she stab her through the mid? Like, did Goldie Hawn? Hmm. I don't know. I can't. I can't remember. So Meryl Streep kills Goldie Hawn. With a shotgun. A shotgun. That's what blows the hole in her. Yes. Yes. And Bruce Willis kills Meryl Streep by pushing her down the stairs. Yes. Okay, so I, I mean, I I was skating around it. I just <laughs> couldn't put those pieces back together. It's been a long time. And none, of them, and none of them were dead because they all took the potion. Right. It, well, not Bruce Willis. Not, Bruce, not yeah. Bruce Willis. Yeah, he's sort of caught in that love triangle. <laughs> yeah. With ladies that are decaying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The the end of the film when they're like the decaying nose thing and yeah. like, it's so creepy. And they're putting Krylon on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a great film. A pioneer in visual effects. It's interesting that you used Death Becomes Her as a trivia question because it's one of the trivia questions I gave to you. I know. Yeah. You were you were paying me back. I understand, Jeff. Uh touche. <laughs> okay, one more. In 2018, mm-hmm. Netflix celebrated 20 years as a company. Oh, really? 20 years? Oh, I guess 20 yeah, it's years like as a company. DVD sales. They were not originally a streaming service. No, they were not. They were a mail order 
DVD company. Yes, they were. Do you know... They were, they were like the Columbia House of DVDs. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what the very first movie ever shipped by Netflix was? Ooh. Very first movie ever shipped by... No, wow. The very first movie ever shipped in 1998. 1998. The very first DVD ever shipped through Netflix. What was the movie? Can I get a hint? Or no? It was a Halloween movie. From 1998? Shipped in 1998. You know what? I have no idea. John Carpenter's The Thing. It was Beetlejuice. Oh, shit! (laughs) The very first DVD ever shipped by Netflix was Beetlejuice. All right, don't say it anymore, because then he'll show up. (laughs) (laughs) The very first... No, I'm just kidding. Oh, don't do it, Jeff. (laughs) That's interesting. Beetlejuice. Oh, shit, I did it! Oh, man. No, it has to be by me. Oh, okay. You have two more. Oh, thank God. Uh, Yeah, that's... uh, that's really interesting. Jump in the line, you know. Beetlejuice is is a great a great one of these kinds of films too. It's a Tim Burton directed film starring Michael Keaton, which always boggles me. Michael Keaton is perfect in that character, but it always surprises me that that's Michael Keaton. It's fucking Batman, <laughs> you know, in the in the makeup and the gross teeth and the wild hair and the striped suit. It, it's it's always it always like. That's right. That's Michael Keaton behind all that makeup. He's so good. I mean, it shows the range of Michael Keaton uh, a bit, too, you know. I don't remember what number this is. Next on the list is a franchise that is beloved. And honestly, if you haven't seen this film franchise, what are you waiting for? But it's a perfect franchise for the spooky season that gives you a little bit of, of spooky but a whole lot of comedy because you've got Dan Aykroyd, you've got Ernie Hudson, you've got Harold Ramis, and you've got motherfucking Bill Murray and they're busting ghosts and busting makes them feel good. The Ghostbusters franchise, or really just the two, the two movies. <laughs> I feel like two. if you haven't seen the Ghostbusters, you have not lived. This, this should be, along with you know some of these other movies that, that we've, we've uh, said, they should be like staples during... Halloween season. Ghostbusters I think they are, but I think the, this is a staple. I mean, if you can't go through the Halloween season without hearing... Without hearing not Huey Lewis? Yeah, without hearing not Huey Lewis. Without hearing not, I got a new drug. <laughs> Ray Parker Jr. Belting out, who you gonna call? Absolutely. It should be. It should definitely be a staple. But I feel like it would be... We'd but be, I think it, it is. I mean, I think that's all you hear at at Halloween is people playing Ghostbusters theme song. Because mm. there's not a lot of Halloween songs. It's true. So when you hear when you're at a party for Halloween, you always hear Ghostbusters like ten times. Like Ghostbusters and uh, somebody's Monster watching Mash. me. Somebody's watching me. <laughs> I always feel like yeah. you know. You always hear those songs. It's true. But Ghostbusters is a fantastic uh, film franchise. And honestly, I think one and two are on equal equal footing. I think that one is the best. It's it's great. Ghostbusters two is okay. Really, it's okay. Oh. The scene, the ending scene of Ghostbusters two, little cheesy, and then the ending scene of Ghostbusters one is cheesy. It's Vigo. It's Vigo. Yeah. Come on. I mean, I yeah. Know. So it's a little. I think, I think it's great front to back. I view the Ghostbusters movies the way I kind of view Back to the Future movies. Like you sit down and you watch, or like even the Harry Potter movies. Like if I'm gonna sit down and watch one, I'm gonna watch it. Watch. No, all I of them. like that. I yeah. love them. I, I think they're great movies. They, so but I'm saying no they're they're me. interconnected to me. Like not just two separate movies. You know, it's it's not you know two movies that came out five years apart. It's all one movie to me. 
Yeah, it's, it, you know, they're, they're good. Yeah. I like them. All right, well, I'm going to read off maybe three or four kind of kind of uh, honorary mentions, and I, we can have Corey read off some honorary mentions, and then we'll um, wrap this up. For my honorary mentions, I'm going to say Death Becomes Her. We had talked oh, about yeah. that in the quiz, but we didn't actually talk about that movie. Death Becomes Her, definitely. Awesome movie. Great technological achievements in this movie. Go out and watch it. Fantastic. Yeah. Any version of Sleepy Hollow or The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, go out and watch it. Perfect for Halloween. The version of Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp, not my favorite. Very bloody and gory. But but you do get Christina Ricci. Yes. So there's that. Uh, two great movies with zombies in them. The Zombieland. <laughs> yes. Zombieland is awesome. Woody Harrelson. Woody and, Harrelson. Uh, the guy that invented Facebook. Yes. And Jesse Eisenberg. Great movie. Ooh, Emma Stone. And, Emma Stone's uh, in it, yes. Abigail Breslin, I think, is also in that movie. Zombieland's awesome. Uh, the sequel, eh, you can skip it. But Zombieland, go out and watch that. Very fun zombie movie. If you can have that, very fun zombie movie. Greatest the, Bill Murray cameo in any movie. Yeah, I don't like the fact that what happens to him. But <laughs> but great, great cameo from Bill Murray. Next movie, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. May have gone under a lot of people's radar. Fun as hell. So good. If you are interested in watching a fun zombie movie similar to <clears throat> similar to Zombieland, go watch Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Corey, what else we got? Uh, in that similar vein, uh, a movie that was released recently that I really enjoyed uh, that is sort of a teen coming-of-age story amongst a catastrophic uh, event where teenagers are spontaneously exploding. Like gory levels of buckets of blood as these kids are for a mysterious reason spontaneously exploding <laughs> in their seats on the fields yeah it's it's sort of like a why is this happening set amongst uh, uh, one girl's senior year where she finds love and they're wondering like Ooh, are some of us immune to it is it going to affect all of us you know is there a way around it it's called spontaneous it was released in uh, 2020 it's a wonderful, like quirky little indie film. Uh, highly recommend that. Uh, then there's also Shaun of the Dead. How could we name a a fun horror film list without mentioning Shaun of the Dead? Uh, and then what else didn't we get to? I mean, there's like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Don't sleep on that. Signs from M. Night Shyamalan, uh, I think, is the best of his films that are transitional horror films. Signs, I think, pulls it back a little bit. It takes cues from older cinema in its pacing, and um, it's very, it's very, uh, what's it called Hitchcock. Um, Hitchcock, yeah, very it's Hitchcock. very Hitchcockian. Yeah. Music, pacing, everything. Yeah, uh, we, we we could have mentioned every one of Hitchcock's films as well. You know, that's that's true. You know, uh, Psycho, The Birds. Psycho is a know, really rope. good one to watch. I, yeah. I really like that one. They're, they're not. I mean, Psycho is probably that that reveal is pretty intense. Uh, and then the end reveal is pretty in, is pretty I think intense imagery, but we yeah, do. I, I think they're good transitional films. Because we do have to say that people's level of of uh, scare, fear. yeah, their 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 fear level changes because I know some people that Psycho is the scariest film they've ever seen. Yeah, so it's a great horror film. Yeah, I don't think Psycho's a very scary movie, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's a. Um, I think it's a good movie. I just don't think it's a scary I think it's an absolute classic. But yeah, I I don't think with the modern eye viewing movies that it's going to really 
impact you the way that like something else might. Well, that's our definitive list of all the movies. <laughs> oh, absolutely that not. There's like a hundred more here that we just haven't got to. Those are all the Halloween movies, not horror movies, not slasher movies, not family movies. Those are the movies that will get you in the mood for a nice Halloween with your significant other. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please hit us up on our Instagram at switch the envelope or on Twitter at switch envelope. We know we didn't touch on all the movies from this genre, so please let us know some of the movies that are out there and continue the conversation with us. Absolutely. You can like and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, Leave us a review on Good Pods. Let us know what you think of the episode by episode because you can review each individual episode. Did you know that, Jeff? On Good Pods. I did. You can review individual episodes. You can tell us directly what you think of each episode, and we will see that, and we will respond back to you. And until next time, stay spooky, see some movies, and we'll see you later, Switches. We'll see you later, Switches. Switch the Envelope is a Riff Laugh production. All episodes written by Jeff and Corey. Switch the Envelope is mixed at Studio 85 by Jeff, the other half of Jeff and Corey. 